long story short, I knew my business partner's brother. He was cool. She was like, this place seems cool. I'm going to move here too. And then we had another friend that knew them from back home. He's like, you guys both want to start a business? We should start a business. Like, okay, let's start a business. And now we have a business. And now we're rocking. Not going to be all snow. A wintry mix is forecast for the listening area. Alex Kaufman, Wintry Mix, Episode 70. With both my kids reaching school age and better at traveling size, the fam got the F out of mud season for a week in April. Tour de Colorado ensued. Not to ski, but to see some family and friends and spend maximum time outside in the lower elevations where it's never muddy. In episode 70, we'll hang with my cousins that have rooted in Winter Park, hear from a smattering of locals, check in with one of my former bosses, and examine the story of a gold rush dog named Duke. Wintry Mix is locals and visitors, half skiing, half not skiing, And this time around, it's not Stowe, Waterbury, and Mad River Valley, it's Tour de Colorado style. And we're in for a great many locals and visitors. There is also some rough news that I'll share at the end of this episode. So if you're one of the rabid fans, you'll want to stick around for that. My email is alex at wintrymixcast.com. The social is at wintrymixcast.com. Five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts mean I will owe you a beer in the wild. Stand by for the goods. The Wintry Mix Podcast is supported by the town and country on the mountain road in Stowe. Under new ownership this year, the sign out front is historic, but the bar, restaurant, and menu, and most of the rooms are all new. Food truck-inspired flavors and ever-changing specials. Warm fireplace and prices that bring in the locals. And psst, it gets better. A second poolside restaurant is on the horizon in May or June or when it's ready with wood-fired pizzas and a bar built out of an Airstream trailer. I think they're going to call it the deep end. We'll see you at the town and country when they open back up from a spring break. The lodging's in the front, the party and the parking is in the back. jump right in shall we day one in colorado we spent with our friends dana and nora who are working on opening a miniature golf slash bar in fort collins called old town putt it should open in may or june if you find yourself in fort collins go check it out day two we arrive in winter park to visit with my cousins rebecca and adam which brought us to Uller's tavern Every ski town's got its music venue, and this is Winter Parks. (laughs) 
Rebecca Kaufman. Location. Uller's Tavern. Green Room. The Green Room. This place is wild. We got putt-putt. Pianos. Driving ranges. Various audio equipment. <laughs> and <laughs> other devices of entertainment. All right, it's been 14 years. 13, 14 years. Right. I'm sorry. We saw each other a lot when we were growing up. Because you guys lived in Florida. Mm-hmm. Things like that. I'll right, we'll get that in a minute. What were the key life events that led to the here and now at Uller's and Winter Park? Because you're not from here. How did you get here? What were the key events? Graduated college. I got out of a bad relationship. My brother already lived here. And my dad told me I probably wouldn't be a good lawyer, so I shouldn't go to law school. So I came to Winter Park. <laughs> it's great, great parenting there. Listen, you're going to be a bad lawyer. Probably shouldn't do that. Were you, like, going to do that, maybe? I was either going to go to law school or move to Colorado. Those were the two options. I was really bad at reading. Like, bad at it? Like, bad at the comprehension part? or like All of it. <laughs> We're just kind of disinterested. <laughs> yeah, it, I would have been a terrible lawyer. So you mentioned Adam lived here before. We're going to hear from Adam. Okay. Adam is, my kids have finally met Adam. They had never met Adam before. Mm-hmm. They were thrilled with Adam. Screw it. Let's meet Adam right now. Becca reminded me. Laura and I's wedding was the last time I saw either of you guys. Yeah. Which is pathetic i mean but like i went and had kids and you guys i left the west coast went east and you guys came out here and i had kids and goodbye and yeah we were running from children and all of that (laughs) to be in a ski town and just hang out and party and we were just going to house parties like becca and jared got together and we're just like you know we throw really kick-ass parties why don't we do this like professionally so, Adam Kaufman, the younger brother of older. Becca Kaufman. I'm the older brother still. Yeah? Two years. You're older than her. Yeah. I don't remember how this shit works. It's been too freaking long, dude. <laughs> I don't know who's older or younger. That's the I funny, mean, like, well, the funny thing about that is that's what everyone in town says. Like, they're always like, no, there's no way. You've got to be the younger brother because Becca okay. is a lot more mature than I am. I have. That means you've had more fun. <laughs> I have had too much fun if my 10 year old <laughs> self like could see what i'm doing right now oh man you it. have so much of your father man it's just coming out already <laughs> um but i do too um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that dynamic means we'll just be yelling at each other for the rest oh, yeah. of it's, or it's, over each within other. A, within a few, a few minutes <laughs> from now so but we're at my wedding and you you were like I had just been living in ski towns and was like working in the ski industry at that time, 2006, and neither of you guys had spent much time in the mountains at that time. I mean, Asheville, North Carolina. Well, I also, that was your... we, we also went to Appalachian State in Boone, North Carolina. Right, right, right. Which would be considered, now they're like adorable foothills to us, but they were the mountains to us growing up in Florida our whole lives. Right. So, yeah, no, I've been there. It's um, nice. I worked at Ski Beach and... Uh, Hawks Nest when I was living in my college. So what year? What years is those? The Ski Beach and Hawks Nest years. Around 2004-2005. Right, so just before my wedding, you come up, hey, I'm gonna come, you you were like getting into it and like, you mentioned Maine to me and I'm like, what did I say? No, like don't do that. You were, I mean, immediately dismissive. You were just like, look, if you're gonna go, (laughs) if you're gonna do it, you do it right, you go to Colorado. 
Did I say Colorado or did I just say like West? You did say, I, I guess you said West, I, but you know. I, I don't remember this conversation at all. Becca reminded me of it. I what, don't remember like it at West, all. West to me, when you said it, I knew you were from Colorado. Yeah. And you had lived here. Prior, and yeah, so, at that yeah. point, yeah. Uh, that's what I assumed you were talking about. So, and <laughs> the look on your face was pretty damn wistful, like. Being a fireman in a ski town. Holy shit. When did you start doing that? Uh, actually, just a couple of years ago. Um, again, Brendan first. And, uh, you know, I had him and my lieutenant now, Big John, uh, who also was just pretty convincing, wanted me to join the department. And as soon as you get in there and you get around these bunch of jokers, like, you, you can't help but have a good time. It, it reminds me of, like, all the people I was in detention with. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the footprint? What's your geography you guys cover? Man. This is uh, the East Grand, what's it called? East Grand Fire Department. So our district is, uh, well, the, the towns are Winter Park, which covers the resort and Berthoud Pass, and the town of Winter Park. Then there's Fraser, which is the Fraser Flats, going all the way into Tabernash. And then also Tabernash, but that's where our line becomes fairly murky, and we cross over with uh, Grand Fire Station One, um, and they we kind of have a mutual thing in that area as well as a mutual thing pretty much all over this county. Yeah. The interoperability of the agencies up here is really phenomenal. Like people really get in the game out here and work together. And you know the top five things you're getting called out for is what. Uh, for the most part, I'm going to have to go with uh, car accidents, like the, f the most real, uh, other than like false alarms. Right. False alarms typically take up most of your time. Uh, carbon monoxide alarms, they love to go off at four in the morning or something like that. Uh, and then um, wildland fires. Uh, we do get a lot of, we, if you look around, you know, you see a lot. You of, see the burnouts. You see yeah. a lot of dead trees. You see a lot of the dead fall. And we've got a, we've got a scary fuel load in our county where we we desperately should be doing a lot more prescribed burns. So, anything that does happen, we're we've got guys on it from all areas of this county. You know, like people are very fire conscious around here because I mean, you know, look what happened in Paradise. That can happen anywhere. Well, at least you don't have to do any like cat stuck in a tree around here. That's probably not a thing. I know, um, no cat stuck in a tree. I did get a horse out of uh, a mud puddle. <laughs> His name's Chester. He's doing just fine. All right, bring it in here. <laughs> Give me a hug. Give me a hug. Great <laughs> oh, to see you. <laughs> All right, let's get back to Rebecca and get down to business. So, ski town concert venue, bar, quasi restaurant. What are the top three things people are ordering at the bar? Exclude beer. Exclude beer. Behind beer. I assume beer is number one. It's varieties oh, of Oh, you beer. just mean we are a PBR and Jameson bar. We are, you know, just, it's not a fancy place. We're not going to muddle a drink for you. So we're not, we're not making something fancy about What happens when someone asks for that? <laughs> That's too bad. I don't have bloody mix. <laughs> just no. I make it very obvious that my, my margaritas are pretty terrible, you know, just based off of what I have to make them. Uh, and you probably don't want them. So, I mean, just simple things. Vodka and soda, whiskey and Coke. Like, you know, keep it simple. So do you laugh? I mean, like, what is, what is the interaction there? Do you laugh? Yes. Do you, what is, how do you handle someone who's ordering a drink that is unreasonable? I just, I mean. I guess it depends on how busy you are. Yes. 
so yeah, if someone asks for four different like shaken shots and there's 300 people in the bar, I'm, I will likely laugh and move on to the next person immediately. <laughs> and that's the person who gives you a negative review online. May, potentially, yeah, and that's okay. And I'm okay with that because that's the bar that we are. And we, and we you know, we are a bit of a, a live music venue dive bar. How does the growing pain in the assness of I-70 impact the fact that you're the first exit for all the big places? It might be a, a huge... I mean, maybe not at all. Maybe I, I'm just making that up. I think it's a little bit of a gem that a lot of people don't know about. But then within the past five or six years, it, it's not a secret anymore. Yeah. So people realize, oh, I don't have to go through the Eisenhower Tunnel. I can just go up 70 or go up 40 on Berthoud and I can get to Steamboat. I can get to Winter Park, you know, and not have to deal with that part of 70. You still have to you yeah. know, go on 70 for a little ways. Give me some had to throw them out weird stories. Not the like they puked everywhere and they got into fights. I get that. That obviously happens. Um, the weird ones. The weird ones. The so, ones you tell the most often. Okay. So I don't necessarily have to throw people out anymore. And the reason why is because of this story. Um, this was maybe like our second or third year. I forget what night it was on. But essentially, there was a fight that breaks out, you know, and, and the goal is you got to get the people out of the bar. Now, what happens is if there's girls here, they get behind the bar, they, they continue to serve drinks. The guys, I have door guys every single night, take whatever the problem is and get it outside. They don't listen to people inside the bar. Get them outside, figure out what the story is. So on this particular instance, someone starts to fight, Jared, my business partner, goes to take care of it. He has someone in a headlock. Naturally. Okay. Someone comes and puts him in a headlock. Ooh, the double headlock. Yeah. So then I go and I put that person in a headlock. The triple headlock. What? (laughs) And Jared is saying, I own the bar. And then I'm screaming, he owns the bar. (laughs) And so essentially, I eventually was like, what am, I, what am I doing? I don't even know how to put someone in a headlock. Like, I don't know how to choke them out. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. So <laughs> I get, go and call the police, obviously. And that's, so that's why The triple now, headlock? Right. Kind of. We don't allow. And then like, a, I've been like, not hit, but like sort of hit. And so once that happened, it was like a policy. Like, hey, this is how we deal with this. This is, how, you know girls get behind the drape bar maybe that seems not okay in this time of whatever certain people go behind the bar certain people throw people outside and someone calls the cops and someone calls the cops call the cops every single time Na- uh, did anybody get naked at random just like yes some people are exhibitionists you know it's normal adam has a better memory than me um let's see people who run up on stage and try to take over for the band does that happen <clears throat> yes often oh Really? Four guys take care of that. <laughs> Often. Often. There's people having sex in bathrooms. I mean, there's... Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a bar. People having sex yeah, in the bathroom. Yeah, just the regular things that you... I like. mean, is that a problem? They don't get thrown out for that unless they kind of, like, get too aggressive. If they keep it to themselves. 
Yeah, I mean, you try to just be like, guy, get out of here. Yeah, like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, I mean, we said do it in the bathroom, not on, like, somewhere else. I yeah, don't know. or, like, get it over with already. No, I'm just kidding. We don't say do you, do you interface with the resort in any way as, like, the preeminent music venue in the area? Is there any coordination? Like, So there didn't used to be. It was a very, the owner of Winter Park Resort was very, like, or not the owner, the CEO sure. was, like, we're Winter Park. We want to only be Winter Park Resort. We don't even want people to know that there's a town. Yeah. Because you want to keep all the money at the resort. I guess so. So, a new CEO took over two years ago, and he's awesome. He's like, we want to work with the town. We want to set up all different kinds of things in coordination with the town. So, this year, we did a... They did a new branding project. And they had, like, their branding... In-town branding party here. Uh, And it was a branding project for the resort and the town together. Like, they paid... Mm-hmm. money into this to, to do the whole thing just like Colorado unfiltered is their big sl- slogan and whatever so put on your helper hat ski towns all across the country they're all kind of the same it doesn't matter where they are somebody's like oh I want to open a bar and have like bands and stuff like advice for, for newbie maybe, maybe they know a little bit about running a bar or a restaurant but they haven't done it or they're, they're just getting started like lessons that you would hand to somebody trying to, trying to get into it in some other town Right, so have an accountant set up your books. I would say is very important. Just do it. You'll, you'll, you'll figure it out along the way. Just get started. Yeah. But, I mean, I, we didn't know what we were doing at all. You know, I remember your dad even saying to me, like, he, we were, I was 50-50 with my, I'm 50-50 with my partner. And he was like, well, I see what he's bringing to the table. He used to work at this bar. But what are you bringing to the table? You know, and I said things like, Oh, I'm going to do the books. I didn't even know what that meant at yeah, the time. Yeah. You know, and he was like, well, okay. <laughs> He's just calling you out. Right. Nobody was right. But, I mean, you figure it all out along the way, and people help you out. I mean, we were really lucky. We did a renovation after one month of being open. We didn't have any money. So, like, everyone from the town came and, like, helped us do everything. Like, put footrails in and take walls down like Adam was there he was there so I mean I would just say get started if you want to own a bar just figure out a way to get the money to get it don't overpay for it is a big mistake that I would say people make and and just you'll figure it out along the way the Same. hardest thing is saying like yes I'm gonna do it right getting started find the location and right yeah diving in mm-hmm. At about this point of the evening, we figured out a way that I could come back and actually check out the band. Brought the kids home. Laura stayed with them. I went back to the bar with my cousin Adam, and public transportation was the way to go at that point. So let's meet some locals. Ben, um, Granby, something you don't know. Robots are about to take away about half of uh, of the jobs in this country within the next 50 years. What about your job? Oh, definitely my job. <laughs> it's going bye-bye. <laughs> well, where are you sitting right now? Bus. I drive a bus. So that'll be automated away. And one of your questions was, what would you do with the, with the hundred bucks? Not enough. I want a thousand bucks a month. And? So, so Andrew Yang is is a politician. He's going to be running for president in 2020. He's he wants to give everyone a thousand bucks a month to stop the robots. 
Uh, my name's Quinn. I'm from Cape May, New Jersey. I work at the Zephyr Hotel Lodge and something you don't know. Well, hold on. Cape May, that's like South New Jersey where there's like a ferry, right? Yeah, right by Delaware. It's like right by the Delaware Bay. What brought you to Winter Park? Uh, I had friends that, that came out here to work and I thought it looked cool out here so I figured I'd try it out. How many years? Uh, this is my first year. Oh, dope. How was the season this year? It was a great season. I'm so jealous. The reason we're here is because Vermont is just 100% mud season right now. It's just wet and the snow is amazing. We're going to Grand Junction tomorrow. Oh, yeah. You ever been out western side? I uh, have not. You should check it. It's 70 degrees tomorrow. 70? Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Have a good night. You too, man. Brandon Mock. Hometown. Parker, Colorado. What are you doing right now? Driving a snowcat, swinging a hammer, playing in a band, running an open mic, and raising a four-and-a-half-year-old. I don't have any more questions. That's freaking amazing, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm a busy son of a bitch. <laughs> Back at the bar, and let's get a few thoughts from Rebecca's business partner, Jared. My name is Jared Lachance. My hometown is Winter Park, Colorado. And uh, I basically throw the party. You know, I'm the owner of Uller's Tavern. And uh, we rock balls. And that's what we do. And how the hell did the Kaufman family end up in Winter Park and working with you. That's a story probably that needs a little more time. Try to do it in but, like three. Um, okay, so hold on. Try to right. boil it down into like three concise statements. That's a challenge for you. Long story short, I knew my business partner's brother. He was cool. She was like, this place seems cool. I'm going to move here too. And then we had another friend that knew them from back home. He's like, you guys both want to start a business? We should start a business. Like, okay, let's start a business. And now we have a business. And now we're rocking. That's the short version. And tips for somebody else in some other ski town, not Winter Park, who's like, hell cool, I want to run a bar. Like, like give them like a little bit of advice. Identify a need, fulfill a need. You know, if your town is not rocking hard enough or dancing hard enough, then uh, create a place where they can rock and dance. You know, if you build it, they will come type of situation. You know, so I give you 500 bucks right now. What are you spend it on? Honestly, I have a new girlfriend that hasn't gone bad yet, so I'd probably uh, go to Denver, go see a show, go get a nice steak dinner, and go get a fucking nice place to stay, you know, after a long, hard winter season. What's the trick to land in the good bands when you're, like, not near the big city? Um, I treat them well, man. You know, tickle their balls a little bit. When they come in, everything's ready to go, you know? You got their drinks, you got the green room, everything's ready to go, and you got the crowd, and uh, it's a build-up. You know, you come in, you make them feel that buildup right from the beginning. Like, this is going to be a party. And uh, it is. What's your favorite cartoon when you were a kid? Oh, that's a tough one, man. Uh, I loved Muppet Babies. Uh, probably Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, if I had to pick one. Okay, well, now you got to pick which turtle? I was a Michelangelo guy. You know, party. I'm a party dude guy all the way. Yeah. Cowabunga, dude. <laughs> And the difference between Winter Park and the I-70 corridor is? The congestion, you know. Winter Park is a place of uh, you know, reflection and solitude. And I-70 is a place of chaos, you know. So get off I-70, 40 exit, and uh, we're waiting for you. You know what I mean? It's badass. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> 
What a freaking good time it was with that crew. If you want more information, Uller's Tavern on Instagram, or just check them out next time you're in Winter Park. The family then headed to Grand Junction for three days for some hiking and biking, and then we made our way down to Durango, which is where our next sound comes from on the deck of our Airbnb downtown. Uh, Dave Rathbun, hometown Durango, Colorado now. And I am uh, GM up at Purgatory Resort. Hometown Durango now. You've had a lot of stops on that train, I think. Start me at year zero and try to get to here. You think you can do it? Uh, yeah, I just can't do it very quickly. Uh, so, uh, Wynn Hall, Vermont. Londonderry, Vermont. Peru, Vermont, Frisco, Colorado, Breckenridge, Colorado, uh, Chittenden, Vermont, Bend, Oregon, Truckee, California, Durango. How's that? That's a good tour. (laughs) That's a good tour. Um, So extremely long story short, Dave Rathbun was my boss 2008-9-10 in the state of Oregon. And as you know already on this podcast, the family's in Colorado. Winter Park wasn't all of it. Now we're in Durango for a day or two. People ask you the history of Durango in an elevator. I've only been here about six months. How do you kind of encapsulate what this town's all about from a historical perspective? Well, mining was a big deal all around here. Um... The railroad, the narrow gauge railroad, was a big part of that. And then as the mining petered out, you had other interests. There's logging, there's um, hunting, fishing, uh, river, anything river oriented. There are quite a few major rivers that come right through here. Um, and just in the last, let's say, 20 years, the tourism side of things has really picked up. So really known as a crossroads of the Southwest, whether you're coming up out of Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, we get a lot of visitors through here from Texas. And then we're starting to get a little bit more traffic down from the front range as especially the front range focus on Summit County and Eagle County is really picked up. We get a lot of people that are coming down now from Denver. So you've been here one season. We're sitting on the porch of our Airbnb. That's why you hear the cars. Been here one season. You've been pulling back the layers of the onion up at Purgatory. What are you finding? What are you excited about? What surprised you? It's a cool ski area. I mean, it's great skiing. Um, The mountain is laid out really well. It's one of those mountains where uh, we're really blessed with being able to get a lot of terrain coverage with not many lifts. So we have three high-speed lifts. And you basically get all 1,600 acres off those three lifts. Um, The mountain really spreads people out in a very quick fashion. Great terrain from every top of the lift. Um, All abilities. You know, not really known for super steep or extreme terrain like some of the neighbors around us, like the Tellurides and the Crested Buttes. But we have some pretty crazy stuff that we are working on getting open on a more regular basis that is like I'm not skiing it right now but our owner James Coleman is completely committed to really 
pushing to get that higher end, really extreme terrain open and part of our overall offering. And you mentioned Mr. Coleman, as a lot of the industry spins their wheels about Icon and Epic and Vail Resorts and Altera, Mr. Coleman's doing a kind of Southwest group operation. What can you tell us about that as far as where it stands right now? Hopefully I'll get all these right, but (laughs) Sipapu, Pajarito, New Mexico, Arizona Snowbowl, Here in Durango, we also have a really small ski area on the west side of town called Hesperus. Uh, Boy, I hope I don't forget anybody. I think that's it. We we have a little mountain bike, lift-serve mountain bike operation outside of Austin, Texas now, too, called Spider Mountain. So I think those are the biggies and purgatory, obviously. So he's used to owning ski areas that get snow some years and almost not too much snow other years. Is there a trick to that? Uh, it's just trying to be smart about, you know, what, in the good years, you got to really perform well. And in the not so good years, you, you do the best you can. And some of these ski areas have snowmaking. Most, a few of them don't. Um, so you just have to live and die by what Mother Nature gives you. So it is a little bit of a different model, but... It seems to be working, and obviously we just came out of an incredible year, and just about every one of our resorts has had a record for this year, so we need to ride that here for a couple. Food and beverage. Usually there's kind of like some surprising item that people buy a lot of around here. What do you sell the most of in the calf? You can't go wrong in these this part of the world without adding a hatch chili to everything so whether it's a burger or i mean i see people throwing chilies on their chicken tenders so it's just got that southwestern flair to everything i wouldn't say we have anything really exotic here but again southwestern flair i was asking the gentleman i forget what it was episode 45 and he told me in the finger lakes that it was cheese fries just he couldn't sell enough cheese fries it was greek peak if i recall Yeah, I think I may have had those at one point. So before we got you down here to the Airbnb, had you up there on the on the driving range. How's the swing been doing? Uh, I am extremely rusty, and I did not get my two Advil before I came down here. But the uh, glass of white wine is helping. Thank you for that. All right, well, it's great to see you here in Durango. It's great town, and great to see you and Jillian. All right, thanks, AK. Good luck to you, man. And you're probably aware that Durango is very far from Denver International Airport, so we made a pit stop for one night in Salida about halfway back. Pretty cool little motel. Tons of uh, chains have gone independent in this town, and we stopped at the Loyal Duke. Steve Lowell. I was born in Des Moines, Iowa, and right now we're at the Loyal Duke Lodge in Salida, Colorado. Duke was a dog that lived here back in the day. I think it was the late uh, 1800s, early 1900s. His owner worked for the rail line here in Salida and was actually killed one day during at work. And Duke just kind of hung around after his owner was, was killed. He was loyal to the townspeople, uh, hung out at the train station, would greet the, the folks coming off the train. Uh, and I'm not sure when he died, but there's a memorial up on S Mountain, a little gazebo up there. He's buried somewhere up there. Um, there's a dog park down the street named after him. Our coffee is actually named after Duke. <laughs> Loyal Duke coffee? Loyal Duke coffee, yeah, and it's delicious. But the Loyal Duke Lodge, this wasn't always a Loyal Duke Lodge. Tell me about getting it to what it is today. We were, we were a Super 8 for 
over 20 years up until last year. Right, at, right about a year ago is when uh, it was sold. And it feels different than a Super 8 as I'm here. I'm, I'm kind of enjoying all the little touches you guys have going on around. It, uh, they've gone through and renovated all the rooms. Uh, brand new hot tubs out there by the pool. The lobby is probably three times as big as it ever was. Um, it's more of a, it's a living room actually is what we call it. It seems like quite a bit in Salida is kind of going through a, a, a remodel, a, a rejuvenation. A couple other motels, restaurants, things like that. That's been happening a lot lately. A lot of the, uh, the chain hotels are no longer here. I mean, we had, this was a Super 8. There was a Days Inn, uh, the Hampton Inn. Those are, they, they all went to independent. I think there's one, one left and that's up the street here. That's a, a Wyndham Hotel. Um, as far as the town, things are getting expensive. Rent's gone up. Um, I don't know. I hope, I hope it levels off. Yeah, it's tricky. <laughs> you want the action, but the price that comes with it is not so much fun. Yeah, it seems like they want it to be more of an Aspen-type, Vale-type town, but uh, yeah. And it's rant time. It's about to happen again. My damn life is about to get in the way of the podcast again. It's lame. I know. How long will it pause for? I don't know. Will it be a different format when it comes back? I don't know. Will it come back at all? I can't say for sure, but history tells us, yeah, eventually. I'll explain more in a second. I'm sorry. End of rant. Thanks to Chris and Jonathan from Massachusetts for recently hopping onto the premier level of Patreon support at patreon.com slash wintrymixcast. I'm going to double the funds raised and cut our check in May. We'll get a photo when we do, but that's it. I've paused that campaign. Maybe it will return in the future. Maybe it won't. That's because I'm also pausing the podcast. Let that sink in. If you've been around from the start, you know that this strange skill of mine is also a side gig a professional hobby, and sometimes that means that life dictates that it change or pause. So what's up? We're selling our house. We like it, but we're done being at the top of a hill on a dirt road. We want a more walkable slash bikeable lifestyle, a neighborhood for ourselves and our kids. Where are we moving? Well, we don't know. Waterbury, if the perfect house pops up, sure. Or Chittenden County, or, yep, Colorado, where the winters are pretty painless and there's no mud season. So the podcast is going on hiatus again while I deal with selling a house and then figure out what it should even be after we're in a new place. I'm open to advice, or maybe it'll never come back. To be determined. I hope you've enjoyed the ride to this point. Thanks to the gang at VPR for helping me get started. All the interns in those early years, all my industry colleagues who have supported the project, 
and feel free to keep sharing it. The archive isn't going anywhere, and most humans have never sampled it. I'm not sure what else to say. For now, goodbye. Check. The check. All right. Give me like, uh, what'd you have for breakfast? Vegetables. Just had vegetables? I just had vegetables. Count to ten. One, two, three, four, five. Awesome. <laughs> if I give you 500 bucks right now, what'd you spend it on? Uh, blow. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let me do it again. I'm skip. Oh, no. We'll school, it. school. I edit that part out. If I give you... Uh, so that was a joke. That was an awesome joke. Okay, so everybody calm. I'm going to ask right, it yeah. again, and then right, we'll start right, over. Right. See you in the neighborhood. Lego guys in the neighborhood, and there's Batman, Cyborg, Superman, and Superman. Oh. Multiplication in the neighborhood. What's 75 multiplied by 87? I don't know. we got to go work on that. And pause. Thankfully, I named this thing Wintry Mix, so it can kind of be anything. Hit me on social or email during the hiatus if you want to talk. Have a good summer.